one of the attorneys was like, hey, Jessica, how's it going in Bullock? I was like, let me tell you what Daphne Totten and Barkley Black did. Let me tell you. The Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 207. This week, we have our last Ashton Griffin update for a while. Running drugs in prison. Guns, Jesus, and babies. And of course, last week in the Georgia legislature, I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, owner of the georgiavirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Hey, Dave. What's happening? Busy, busy, busy week last week. How was yours? It was okay. Was yours busy because the weather teetered back to 200 degrees? It, it, it was like 90 degrees. I left the house with a jacket and, and I was like, what the hell am I doing with this thing? It was- I, I absolutely despise when the weather is like that because in, in February because I'm too pale to be handling this right now. You're too pale to be handling this? Yeah, I look like porcelain and, you know, it's 80. It was 86 in South Georgia on Wednesday. And you don't have time to go lay out. Well, no, and the sun's not close enough to the earth to do that anyway. Well, that may be true. Mm-hmm. But you can get you can get a suntan or sunburn skiing. Sure, but I don't because I don't ski in the snow. Yeah, something about a fat man falling down a hill at high speeds is, is not is not a, a great thing. I've I've been once, mm-hmm. uh, and a friend of mine, you know, kind of a hole friends I have. I was I was flying to go meet him. He was going to pick me up there at, at Denver International Airport. So I called him and said, "Hey man, I'm going to I'm going to make the flight. Everything's on time. This is before you could text and flight and all that stuff." He goes, "By the way, I got lift tickets." I said, "Really? Who's lift?" It's like, "No man, you've been skiing before. I'm from Florida. I've been water skiing." He took me to the top of Breckenridge in a pair of blue jeans and a leather jacket. Nice. Oh, I was miserable. It's the last time nice. I've been on skis. But you did do water sports? Uh, when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. Kneeboard. I prefer the I wasn't a yeah. very I wasn't a prolific skier, but you know, I call it drowning at high speed. My uncle used to be able to step off a dock and barefoot ski. And he would just watch the rope go as the boat was going and step off, step off the dock and ski. Mm-hmm. In jean shorts, naturally. We're, we're all Floridians. Well, congrats to him. <laughs> the Florida Chronicles. Good Lord. So we have uh, the Ashlyn Griffin update from the sentencing hearing. Yes. So obviously the story we talked about at length last week um, on Monday, she was sentenced. There was a gosh, I think it was like two and a half hour long hearing um, because obviously, well, maybe it wasn't quite that long, but the state obviously presented um, and they allowed the family of Brandon McRae, her abuser, um, the deceased to speak and talk about their desires of sentencing and then of course the defense gets to make an argument and present witnesses as well and so 
Barkley, the mule of the week for the last couple weeks, but the one from last week, um, Barkley Black, the ADA, you know, she was facing a maximum of 25 years and he asked for 15 years to serve, which would leave 10 on probation, um, which is just, I mean, it just solidifies what a awful human he's willing to um, showcase that he is to the world because, you know, I'm not going to rehash the facts of the case, but 15 years to serve in prison, her children would be adults when she got out. Um, Obviously, the state wasn't going to budge at all. Um, His mother, one of his sisters, his second grade teacher, and his second cousin spoke, um, which, you know, I guess they brought in the teacher because that was the last time that, well, I don't know. <laughs> they brought in the teacher um, and they, they were relentless. And, and one of his sisters, not the one that, that perjured herself on the stand, but a different one, um, said that, you know, yeah, he like beat her up and stuff, but he didn't put her in ICU or anything. Um, so that was interesting to listen to. And then I didn't know that was the bar. Um, well they were trying to make the case that she wasn't justified in shooting him obviously and then that he didn't deserve to die either um but yeah that's like a sick thing that's just a sick thing to say and so and there's a little bit more on that but um then her attorney obviously argued for all probation because she has a one-year-old and a three-year-old um her mother testified her dad testified and her lifelong friend who is an attorney testified in her, her mother's. Um, I mean, they are basically pleading for mercy. It was it was I don't want to say pathetic because I don't think that it was it was, it was just gut wrenching. Um, pathetic's not the right word, but it was it was it was it was awful. Um, and then. Judge Pede sentenced her to 10 years to serve and um, the rest on probation. So it basically 10 more years on probation, but the um, because he gave her the max on the possession of a firearm charge, but it's probated. So it's 10 years to serve it. And then that'll be concurrent with the other probation, which was a max of 20 years on top of that. So um, they took her into custody and she will be, um, I'm assuming by the time the show drops, she will be in the custody of GDC. Um, his, her, you know, the, the defense asked for the motion on directed verdict to overrule the jury. Basically, um, they asked, he, he filed a, a motion for a new trial already, which we know the judge, because you, you have to ask the same judge for that, but we know he will deny it. But um, he'll, he's already moving that process along so that he can appeal to the Court of Appeals. Um, and he cited a number of different things that the court allowed into evidence and didn't allow into evidence that either, you know, respectively should have been or not have been um, basically error from the bench. But it was it was honestly like obviously I'm this case is extremely personal to me because I like I followed it so much and I just like I, I you know. 
I don't know. I I I just cried and cried and cried on Monday thinking about her hugging her kids goodbye and then having to knowing that she might not come home for a very long time and then like spending the night in Bullock County Jail while none of the people who did this to her even give a rip and knowing that she won't be home for, you know, on a good if if nothing goes her way on a good chance it's probably like seven years six seven years yeah you're gonna take somebody who defended herself and throw her into the meat grinder that is the criminal justice system and expect what you get back is going to be a productive member of society well and i i mean i feel like her faith they're very faithful people um i feel like her faith is what got her to the point that she has and has let her, you know, be the person that she is. It's just, you know, her children don't have a, a parent. I mean, her her family is is loving and caring, and obviously they're going to do whatever they have to do, but, like, they don't have – that one-year-old doesn't have its mother. It just makes me sick. I can barely talk about it still. And and but and, and everyone I know is just, like, mortified by it. Like, all the defense attorneys that I have talked to, whether they're in the circuit or out of the circuit – like, I still can't find anybody other than his garbage family who posted on Facebook, like, you know, finally justice has been, or the Lord at work, like, not justice has been done, but the Lord is working for us, and, you know, he didn't have to die, and um, they they were commenting on my stuff, which doesn't really bother me. I'll rip them up one side and down the other every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I don't I mean, I'm just so disgusted. But they you know, one of his sisters was running her mouth about how, you know, we shouldn't judge. And, you know, I, I just that's such a weak argument from a weak minded person. Who are you to judge? Everybody. Says you, I didn't have to judge. Your brother pled guilty to doing it. Right. I didn't. Ha- no one had to judge him. Well, that's but, true too. But you know what? It's the those facts were not were not in dispute. Even when she when the sister took the stand and like, well, yeah, she, at least she didn't go to the ICU. Like I'm, I'm going to use that defense <clears throat> if I ever have to pop somebody. There won't be anybody in here. I tell you that. Uh, but I'm like, well, he's not in the ICU. It's cool, right? We're cool. Jack. Anyway, again, it's a hard transition to get to get from Ashlyn Griffin. Uh, I hope the next update we get is that her uh, her appeal is being heard. Uh, And I know that's a slow process. It's extremely slow. And that's that's the travesty of this is I mean, her attorney asked for everything. He 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 asked for her to be you know, remain out until they can appeal this because, and he said, no, I mean, and he, and he knew you, we knew the judge would, but he asked, he asked for everything and and he asked multiple times and he made all the right arguments and the judge had the opportunity to be the hero, but he, he chose differently. So. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, and look, the, the, the stories I, as I've been sharing them, I, I get, I get feedback from it and everybody's is, is, is appalled. I'll spend every op- I will use every opportunity I can for the next however long I am doing this in writing and covering court since I will tell everyone what they did every single person I was in Tattnall which we're about to talk about in a minute but I was in Tattnall on Tuesday and one of the attorneys was like hey Jessica how's it going in Bullock I was like let me tell you what Daphne Totten and Barkley Black did let me tell you 
I mean, I'm not like they everyone should know it's a camp. That's going to be something that reads horribly on a campaign flyer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and, and it's that's not what it's about, but they should never be allowed to forget it. That's all. Absolutely. So. Yeah. That's, the DA had a decision to make. And mm-hmm. that the whole case could have been could have just gone away. Say, look, it's clear self-defense. Don't even take it to the grand jury. Move on with your life. But they chose to to pursue it as a murder case. And every one of those jurors should, should feel like crap, too. And they should be made well, to watch the damn sentencing hearing. They should have to sit in that they box. Didn't, they didn't know. They didn't know uh, that it was going to be so long. They thought they were sending a message. They wanted her to know that she shouldn't have had a gun. They wanted to send her a message. They should have to sit in that damn box and, and watch her be sentenced to see what you did. No, it should be a crime to screw up being a juror that bad. Just 12 of them who screwed it up. I'm sure, Did I, I'm sure oh, there, was a, I didn't, there was a... I didn't tell you this. Hold on. Hold on. There's Wait, there's more. The 13th juror contacted me the person that was sequestered we had two alternates one something happened to one of them i don't know i don't really care he wasn't there he wasn't there for the whole trial he wasn't there for deliberations but the 13th juror sits through the trial and then during you know deliberations the person's sequestered so after the trial after the verdict and everything um 13th juror reaches out to me and says i guess she was there for part of the deliberations and she was disgusted and was she wrote a a letter to the judge and said she felt like the jury lost track of what they were supposed to do that she heard some of the conversations and he published it as an exhibit he didn't read it out loud but it's it's available for review if people want to read it and um obviously i got it but i already knew what she said because she contacted me and, and told me she'd contacted the judge but um she said that um she was disgusted by it and that and that she would have there would have been nothing that could have convinced her to convict her. So had she had one juror been different, had the alternate been number 12 instead of number 13, it would have been a hung jury. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know what happens in a jury box or in a jury room to have it go that far bad other than they got in there, started bargaining. And that's not what they're supposed to do. Did the state prove its case? We're rehashing what we talked about last week, I know. I know, but speaking of Tattnall County, apparently yes, running Tattnall. drugs in a prison won't cost you that much. Yeah, so this is a story that I kind of stumbled on by accident. Like all the data and stuff that's included in it, I I asked for on purpose, but where it ultimately um, went is is surprising to me. So I obviously have been doing a lot of work on the prisons and, and particularly in Tattnall County because they have three, like we've talked about um, Rogers, Georgia state and Smith state prison. And so I've just been covering like the absolute toll that these facilities are taking on the County and the taxpayers because they don't get reimbursed for anything. And um, you know, from everything from like medical and EMS to, um, law enforcement responding to the premises or, you know, surrounding the premises and um, life lights out and just everything. So I had requested, I had filed an open request, open records request on um, people who were booked into the Tattano County Jail 
on offenses with a nexus to the Department of Corrections. Um, so that would include employees and members of the public. Um, it makes me laugh because the Department of Corrections refers to them as civilians, as if they're members of the military. But the members, mem- the military would never allow a facility to be run the way that our corrections facilities are. So it's ironic and hilarious to me. But anyway, um, so it would include, you know, public and anyone who crossed a guard line, people who threw stuff over the fence, coordinated, got cell phones, drugs, tobacco, all of that. And so I then I, you know. When, once I got them, um, which I did not have any problems getting them because the sheriff in Tattnall is uh, plenty transparent when you ask for records. But um, I delineated between who was an employee and who was a citizen. And then I cross-referenced that with all the public records in the clerk of court's office. Um, and then <laughs> what caught my attention was that the first three on the list that I was going through were dismissed like of the of the employees because you know if you if you think about and you know someone if you have a car full of people throw a couple bags of weed over the the, the fence or land a drone or something or through a drone you don't you you may have a difficulty in in prosecution and proving all of those people did it but when it's an employee it's a little bit different because the person is either like caught bringing stuff in or it's on camera like there's so much more proof when it's employees because it's 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 on other than someone being framed i just don't know how yeah so anyway i did this five-year period of um arrests and you know i broke it down by facility and everything and and what i found is that by and large they either like leave the cases open and don't resolve them or they dismiss them altogether or if they are sentenced and because they entered a guilty plea, they drop the contraband charge and just sentence them on on something else. And by and large, they're getting probation, which, you know, there's a couple things here because we talk about justice reform and sentencing and and know these. Well, some of these people are violent, but for the most part, these people aren't violent. So should they be behind bars? I'm not sure if that if it meets that standard, but the other standard is that they're violating their oath as as this isn't like a surprise charge, right? Like they sign an employee handbook that says you can't do all these things and then they are post certified. So they take a test acknowledging that they know all these things and then they go to work there and they put on a badge and they do it anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the allure is. To doing that, I don't know if it's straight greed. If they're, if they're if someone on the outside is paying them off to bring it in, or if it's they want to be buddies with with whoever in there. The argument is that it, you know the pay is so bad that it makes sense for them to um, have a little side gig, and and I I guess I understand that. Um, like I, I guess I understand the logic behind that, but. Um, I mean, we're talking in some of these, we're talking about like criminal enterprises because this is just the arrests that are prosecuted through the state. You know, the feds come in sometimes and do big stings for like multiple people and, and, and 
grander operations. But, you know, you brought up the thing about um, if they're getting paid and whatnot. There was a, a guy who was a corrections officer um, and he was arrested for furnishing prohibited items, hallucinogens and tobacco and cigarettes to a work detail. And so he got charged with furnishing and then violation of oath. And they left it on. It was happened in 2016 or 2017, excuse me. And then um, they left it open for 18 months. And then he retired from the state agency after 25 years. So pension, you know, health care, all that good jazz. And the DA dismissed it, saying that um, he just retired. So it was kind of moot and um, that he he the DA determined that he was not furnishing those products for profit. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I don't remember that being you, part of the law. It isn't if you're a citizen because and I get like this is an article that's going to be forthcoming. But I mean, the citizens are sentenced um, to to time in confinement. And of the 42 cases just from Tattano County alone, like I know that doesn't seem like a lot. But when you think about 42 state employees in a single county, like, no, they're not all from Tattano, but they're all working in Tattano. 42 employees in a five year period did something criminal. Um. That's a lot. If you, if that was a business, people would be like, I think you got a problem. But, you know, of the 42, there were three that had a sentence that was in, that included confinement. One of them was they it's called sexual assault, but it it was because an inmate can't legally consent. But she she didn't. A female had a had a encounter with a male inmate but she was sentenced to two years behind bars um another woman did she i guess she had a terrible lawyer because she's the only one that had drugs that um also went away or maybe she had another charge i'm not sure but she got two years and then the one that blows my mind is that there was a guy who pleaded guilty um to aggravated assault aggravated battery and violation of oath by a public officer so three charges and um, he pled guilty. I read the letter from the inmate, like the victim impact statement and stuff. And it was quite lengthy because um, the guy did this to him, I think, while he was not maybe not handcuffed, but detained in like another capacity. And um, all he got was eight weekends to serve in the county jail. And then he had to pay $250 to the, to the victim. Yeah. yeah. And then he got 10 years probation. Like. That's kind of a big deal because uh, you don't always hear very many of them getting convicted or pleading guilty to assaulting an inmate because we hear so many excuses. And But eight weekends and that's 16 days of weekends. Yeah. When it's convenient for him. Yeah. Like, bye, kids. I'll see you Monday morning. Yeah. Eight weekends. <clears throat> no, that's uh, I don't I, I don't know what the source of the corruption is on that. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because they work together. Of course, they're not they're not county employees. It's not like the the DA is interacting with with these prison guards. The prison guards are state employees. Right. It makes no sense. I mean, and like if they so they either if they did plea, they got, you know, just probation. If they if they 
the, the, it blows my mind that they're dropping the charge of the contraband because that is the deterrent to keep them from um, serving in any type of corrections or or anything like that again. And they, you know, they send someone to a first offender. So once they're done with their probation, they, which they can terminate early because of all of our justice reform stuff, they get first offender and then it goes away forever. And it's like it didn't happen. And I just I don't know, like. Yeah, lo- no, I losing don't think a, tw- put a $12 in- an hour job, a horrible $12 an hour job is not enough to keep somebody from from uh, uh, making a little extra money ringing in contraband. Because if that's, if that's the worst that's going to happen to you, you just like- No, and then, and then, like, I've, I have seen some of the names from the employees pop up afterwards as citizens who do it. I mean, so... They obviously don't care because they're not going to prison. Right. Um, but, you know, and it's what's interesting. And, and I, it, you know, I understand why they have to do this. But um, if you if you don't return your uniform and your your stuff after you leave, they'll charge you with theft because I guess they don't want someone to impersonate. An officer, I guess. I don't, I don't know why, but every there's been several convicted Um it's just bizarre. It's like this it's like Disney World but in the reverse, like the worst place on earth, but it's like its own society and rules and community and everything's backwards. Like this I this one lady was arrested for furnishing items you're not allowed to bring in for bringing in two Subway split long sandwiches and two bags of potato chips. I would have been like, "Yo, this is all for me." Yeah, you've been a little smarter about that. Look, I know on the county level, guys are uh, the guys that, that sometimes you have trustees that are doing a good job and they'll bring them a, a McDonald's hamburger or something like that. Of, of all the th- of all the yeah. things you're bringing in a subway foot long, I mean, didn't have a file in it or nothing. Come on. No, no, but no worries. Um she just got probation and a $1,300 fine. So, I mean, you know, there could have been more to it that they couldn't prove. Like, may- and maybe she was, because it was a woman, maybe she had some sort of relationship going on that was inappropriate. I mean, she was obviously, you know. Or maybe it was like an EEOC thing or like affirmative action where not, like not everybody got a sub, so it wasn't right. You know, maybe she should have brought a tray for everyone. Well, or, yeah, she created a, created a fight. Because somebody's mm-hmm. over in the corner eating Subway, and and everybody else is eating slop, and why are you her favorite? Yeah, I mean, who knows? There there could be more more to the story on that. I understand that just kind of disappear when uh, when you plead out to a lower charge. It's just not fun for me. I want to hear about. I want a trial on sub smuggling sub. You don't want a trial. Then. You want I Maury mean, Povich. I do. I do because. Because it's this extreme, and then the other extreme is, like, the guy who brought in a cooler full of stuff, like marijuana, 18 cell phones, four phone hotspots, cigarettes, lighters, headphones, batteries, chargers, like, in a cooler. So, we got this one extreme of the lady bringing a sandwich to her loved one behind bars that she's connected with, and the other guy leaving a a Yeti in a farm barn. I don't know. How the hell do you think you're going to get away with that? I don't know. 
I mean, it's one thing if, uh, if, if, if one cell phone falls out of your pocket, you're bringing it, you're bringing a, a cooler full, full of items. I mean, well, I'm, this one is still open and sub, like hasn't even been indicted yet, but there's another lady who got busted for bringing in like $29,000 worth of cash. Really? I'm very, I'm very excited about where this is going, but anyway. The hell you can do with thirty grand in prison? Well, apparently you can use it to buy for the to multi-million-dollar contraband rings we were running or, in there because they're all running around in Air Jordans and buy off guards. Mm-hmm. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes in relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Jessica, guns, How, Jesus, and babies. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said that the opinions are not of anyone else not on the show, but I think the opinion of the mule that we continue to reference, I think that is the general consensus. <laughs> Just want to land that plane one more time. Just go ahead and drive, drive that home. Mm-hmm. So guns. But yes, guns, Jesus, and babies. Gubernatorial candidate Candace Taylor hits the road. Ugh. Gosh, she is. Mm, I, you know, so during the pandemic when she was running for U.S. Senate, we're talking about Candace Taylor from Baxley, Dr. Candace Taylor. She ran for Senate, U.S. Senate, and I thought that you know, that was that crowded race and when there was, what, 21 candidates or something in the primary because it was everybody. Yeah, um, it was a goat rodeo. Right. I, you know, I respect anyone who's willing to put themselves out there. I mean, I would never do it. Never. I... I wouldn't want to run for office, and I and I think it takes courage because people make fun of you. I don't think that she does herself any favors with some of the stuff she chooses to do. But I'll be darned if she doesn't believe every damn thing she says. Oh, yeah. I think so. I think so. I, I, I think instead of jumping into politics in two statewide races, it might be better to run for state rep. Kind of, kind of get your feet wet. I mean, it, it takes a well, it takes a lot of money to run a statewide race. It does. It takes a lot of money, and you know she she had some name recognition from running a statewide race previously, but certainly, I mean, she it's not like she's had a hundred thousand followers on Facebook or anything like that. Um, and and I upset some people during the Senate race because she shared this, she she made this video, this ad of um, like, it was, it was a Second Amendment one, but she did it with a pink gun and she was all like dolled up and, and I appreciate that. I mean, if I like, I really do. I, I think every woman should carry a gun but I don't have a pink gun because I want my gun to scare someone. And I know they all do the same thing, but there's something about a pink gun. 
Oh, that doesn't bother me. I know, I know uh, a lot of... It also, stick that not for a political ad. Well, that's true. <clears throat> that's true. I mean, I've seen kids' guns that are pink and stuff. And I, when I say kids' guns, I'm talking about 22 that your, that your mom or daddy t- takes you out to shoot. Uh, I don't know, man. It's... She's she's gaining some some attention. I don't know if it's the right the the the, the right attention. I, mean, I saw the I saw the the boxing ad. Yeah, Eric. Uh, you know, Eric's gonna hit play on that for us. The governor's race in Georgia has four establishment politicians, and then there's Candace Taylor. And I'm one of you. And God made me a fighter. You sold us out to China. You hijacked our elections. And then there's you. You didn't fight for your own seat that you won. What were you doing? Playing golf or trading stock? Oh, and the Democrat plant, who has been accused of sexual assault over and over. Now, I'm done with the good old boys. And it's going to get personal. Stacy, it's you and me. Let's let the people choose in a fight that's not rigged. Candace Taylor, the one we've been waiting for. Um, which it's really something. Yeah. But ah, man. But but she also has this um tour bus that has the dis- the big display of Jesus guns and babies and I guess it you brought this up but it says in this article on the Gazette that it's um reminiscent of the song Lawyers Guns and Money. Yeah, uh, Warren um, Zeffon which oddly enough I was listening to uh today. Uh, I, I like I like I like Warren Zeffon. Uh a few of his songs entertain me and Lawyers Guns and Money is one of them. It was also covered by Hank Williams Jr. Little hi- um, little music history for you. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I uh I some of some of the some so, some of the ads and stuff and, and some of the stuff is it's 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 hard to take seriously. And it's like I said, it's also hard. When you jump straight into a statewide race, and I, and I know that's me being a, a little bit of a pundit, and and I'm not trying to be dismissive of it. And you're right; it, it takes it takes waivers to to get into that and open yourself up to the to the scrutiny, and certainly open your family up to reading things that that people write about you and, and put on the internet and and all that stuff. It it it's not a fun experience. It can be very very dirty. But she, I, yes, and and she's from Southeast Georgia, so like, she's from Baxley, which is in Appling County. So it's one of those things where a lot of people, she has a lot of family, she has a lot of people in the network that webs out, and so like, not loving her is offensive to some people, which is unfortunate because, you know, it it it's it's not about that, but. It's like I said before, she's not doing herself any favors. Like the boxing ad, you know, she, she's taking this stance of 
I'm the one you've been waiting for and I'm going to fight for you. And, um, <sighs> yeah, I, first of all, I don't, I, I'm a fighter. I don't care. I don't, I mean, I, I saw an ad that, uh, uh, city uh, citizens will be si- safe in their cities uh, when I'm governor. Oh, how? And and this is not specific to Candace. This is specific. And this is all politicians is they come up with these great platitudes, but they have no plan. How? Well, I'm going to support. No, no, no. You, you stop getting to say I support when you when you step when you step into that political arena. You need to, you need to have a plan. You say this is what I would do day one. This is what I want with the first hundred days. If if you're running to be the executive of, of a large state, mm-hmm. you, you you need to have some, spe- some specifics. I can't even talk tonight. Uh, well, and as you said though, like her ideas, you know, they might be. I don't necessarily agree with some of her platform, but um, they might be well situated for the state house or the state senate. I you know, the state house or the state senate is Blake Tillery, so I think that. She would have a difficult time defeating him since he's the appropriations chairman. Um, but state house, you know, first of all, her state representative just stepped down um, to go serve on the, GO- the D- Georgia DOT board. And so there was an open election and she had the opportunity to, you know, be heard and get elected if she, if she wanted to. Um, well, and I, th- but there's some stuff I don't understand about the Don Quixote uh, candidates and there, and there are a few of them and 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 we know you know we know a few of them people that they're, they're going to tilt at windmills knowing that they don't have much chance right now yes you have the the odd year like 2020 where a lot of a lot of people who didn't get in at qualifying didn't realize that the you know the world was going to shut down and they could run a campaign on a shoestring budget you know, you don't have to show up anywhere. Yeah. Right. But I, I, I certainly don't see that happening now, uh, especially with the pushback on, on shutdowns and that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, I, I think it's a little bit of tilting at windmills, uh, a little self-aggrandizing. I'm sure within within her pocket of of folks around her county uh, know her, know who she is, and love her. And, and look, she seems perfectly perfectly nice to me. I mean. I've never met her, but she seems I've, I've talked to her on the phone. Uh, she seems mm-hmm. very, very nice and she seems very genuine. Just it's a when you're going up against, you know, she wants to use the boxing analogy. You keep going against two heavyweights that have huge war chests. That are accustomed to, to the arena. And, yes. And what's it's so awkward right now because. She keeps talking about Trump and and but Trump has endorsed David Perdue. And, you know, not that that like certainly doesn't matter to me because that's not how I gauge my support for a gubernatorial candidate. But like, it's just odd that she's like touting all this Trump stuff when he's not backing her. Not just not backing her. He doesn't live in Georgia. Trump has yet to say what he thinks Kemp should have done. Besides, create a constitutional crisis. Same thing with Pence. Not that Pence is my favorite person in the entire world either, but what the hell was he supposed to do? So, 
do, do, do I think Trump Trump uh, should have won? Absolutely. Do, do I think there was some funny business going on? Absolutely. Would I rather him be in office right now, especially with what's going on in the world between Afghanistan and Ukraine and all this? Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's an advantage in international politics to having a mad, a perceived madman at the switch. The same, this is the same thing Reagan had with the uh, the cowboy uh, image that he had. The the Russians were afraid of him because they didn't know what he was going to do. But you know that all that aside, uh, it doesn't matter to me who Trump thinks should be my governor. That's for us. That's for us to decide. Trump can go vote for DeSantis. Because that, that's the governor in the state where he lives. Yes. So we have. Here we are. Last week in the Georgia legislature. Oh, Alan Powell, state rep Alan Powell from, I think he's from like Lake, Lake Hartwell. He's a Republican. Um, he's filed a bill to expand the number of medical marijuana dispensaries um, for growing, cultivating, all that to make the low THC, CBD, cannabidiol oil. Because, um, you know, we awarded six contracts um, or licenses. The state did. They did it all in secret. And 16 companies lost the bid. Now they're suing. Um, and so... They're going to expand the number of licenses and supposedly give the people who did not make the cut a license. I, you know, obviously that could change as they whittle down the bill and it goes through committee. But um, like first thing I thought of when I read this was we, we talked about how many, you know, with the with the minimal amount that you have to produce and the square footage and the insurance you have to carry and everything. And then the few people on the registry in Georgia for the conditions that are permitted. And maybe more people will um, sign up for the registry when you can actually purchase it in Georgia. But like for me, I'm thinking there's going to be a massive amount of supply and not a whole lot of demand because we have a limited number of conditions and you can't sell it across state lines. And now we're going to give 22 companies a license to grow it? Yeah. Not that I'm against that, but it just seemed like if like that just seems like it's going to create a big old problem. Of course it is. Government's involved. Yeah. And they legalized medical marijuana sort of. Yeah. For a couple people with a couple problems when they're about to die. Like, you're not even giving this to people. Most of the conditions are like end of life. They're not even long-term patients. Well, you know, there are that with the with a lot of, a lot of the um, uh, seizures and things like that are, are, are yes, ongoing. Yes, I said but some of but the long-term. Yeah, but it's, like, it's the, that's not how you approve medicines. You don't, you don't tell the doctor what they, they can prescribe for what. That's not, that's not the role of government. The doctor is the one who went to medical school and he can best find a treatment for his patients. So, yeah, I, it's this has been the slowest, clunkiest rollout of, of a of a available product that I think I've seen in a long, long, long time. They, they didn't they didn't even meet the 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 board didn't even meet for what a year. Yeah, well, it was longer than that. And um, 
um, on top of that, like when it did, they would like come on that when they did start meeting, they would come on the the zoom and say hello and then like lock everybody out because it was all behind closed doors, which is one of the reasons that part of the bill Powell introduced will make it subject to the open records act like anything they do. But the reason it is, is because it's not because like they wanted to operate in the sunlight for the public. It's because lawmakers have asked questions and the executive director of the commission has said, well, per the law, I cannot release that. Um, And so it's really not about the public. It's about lawmakers getting to get the access. And because they're part time legislators, they can't do that without giving us a little something too. well, I'll take what we can get. Yeah, but it's so pathetic. That is so pathetic. Like, it never should have been behind closed doors, ever. And that's exactly what they're trying to do with the casinos and the, the horse betting and horse racing and sports betting and everything else. Like, it's all, they want to do it just like this. And, and yet, at the same time, they're being, they're showing, showcasing the problems. Right. Just, they they want to go, they want to go into the Vatican like a bunch of cardinals. And then when we see white smoke... We all gather around to find out who was selected. Right. So we have Powell uh, also wants to regulate uh, Georgia into the free market. Yep. Electric vehicles, which this is such a hot button issue right now because of the um, production plant for electric vehicles and all the economic development incentives that we offered. Um, Is it? Rivian? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Some I don't know how you pronounce it if that was slaughtering it, but because I'm not an electric vehicle guru by any means. Um I'll be driving my gas guzzler V eight until the cows come home. But um this is a bill to <laughs> it cracks me up that they want to like they literally said that he wants to put in guidelines. Um to protect the free market, to prevent people or companies like Georgia Power and EMCs from creating a monopoly um, on these electric vehicle charging stations around the state. Um, so I guess Georgia's getting money from the federal government, like $135 million over five years to put more charging stations around the state. And... Um, I guess we're also going to be applying for some federal grants. And there's 1,700 stations around um, the state right now. And 3% of them are owned by Georgia Power. And I guess that's a problem. Because they want to create a framework to allow the private sector to be involved and to protect consumers. And I think it's hilarious that they don't consider Georgia Power the private sector because of how convoluted everything is. Right. They create the monopoly and now they're going to cure it. Look, it doesn't matter who owns the charging station. Where are you going to get the power from? It has to come from Georgia Power. And most of the charging stations that I know of are, there are a couple that you, you pay for, get quick charges, but a lot of them are like a Tesla dealerships and uh, outside Costco and, you know, things to bring the people who have EVs typically have deeper pockets. So you tend to find charging stations format and higher end retail. You know, you, if you're going to be there for 30 minutes to an hour charging, you might as well 
go in and spend some money. Uh, well, yeah. And there, and there are services uh, that the private market is, is already taken care of. There's a, uh, a company that uh, I'm not sure if the IPO is hit yet, but where they will change your battery. They keep, essentially you don't, you, you, it's sort of like having a propane tank on, on your grill where when, when, uh, when that's running low, they come out, swap the batteries and they take the battery with them and charge them up. And then you, you use, your, use your vehicle. Uh, until it needs a charge again, and if you can't make it home, you know you've, their their vision for this company is, you know, there'll be another place to go and swap out that battery and have a fresh battery, so you're not sitting there for an hour trying to trickle charge your battery. That is like it's it's closer to going to a gas station and topping off. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, they're talking about I don't know how long it takes to charge, but. They're talking about convenience stores and waffle houses, and then also incentivizing manufacturing pre-charged batteries. This is the dumbest. I mean, it's just I... again, it's 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 interjecting government where the private sector has already been handling stuff. <sighs> Lawmakers recently sent a bill reaffirming ties to Israel to Kemp's desk, and he signed it. Well, we knew he would, but of course, um, this is—I'm sure it was carried by his floor leaders or pushed by his floor leaders. Yeah, I don't—I don't recall exactly, but you know, the last version that we had um, was deemed unconstitutional, so they tweaked it a little bit and passed it and passed it. You know, committee, committee, Senate floor, House floor, passed last year, um, and then it got held up this year, and or you know, held up last year, and they they finish the drill this year. But what's interesting is that a U.S. district judge halted almost the same version of a Texas bill and um, said, no, you can't do that and that it needs further review. And I mean, it's going to get us sued, which like, again, if you believe it, it, what it does is it says that we like the state is not allowed to do business with companies that are boycotting Israel. Um, and if you recall about what we talked about on the show was a Georgia Southern speaker or speaker who was supposed to talk at Georgia Southern and in her contract, it said this and she wouldn't agree to it. And it was a first amendment issue and this, that, and the other. And I mean, you know, I don't, the thing is, is like, I don't hear Israel saying we're not going to work with you unless you do this. Look, there's, there is a, Plenty good reason why it was stuck in a drawer last year. It was not an election year. It, it's a it's a useless platitude. And look, I, I'm a huge supporter of Israel. I hope they uh, hope they stay there for a thousand years. And, and uh, they one of the strongest militaries in the area. They they don't need uh, the people of Georgia to give them a thumbs up or or uh, worry about what companies are boycotting them. Or for the state to spend more money on a on a company because they're not boycotting Israel, it's just it's a it's a solution looking for a problem. Uh, and, and look, I, I I agree with with Kemp in that you know it's it's important to 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 stand stand behind our friends and stand stand with Israel, but it that's not international relations is not the role of the of of the state 
That's I'll tell that to them because they said that because we have $800 million trade relationship and 90 Israeli companies here in Georgia and our state de- economic development um, and, department is planning a trade mission there next year. And glad to have every one of those companies in our state. And I'm glad, our, but our we have those companies in our state not because uh, of a bill that says we support Israel. It's because we are a business-friendly state. We have... We have rail. We have uh, one of the busiest airports, if not still the busiest airport. Uh, we have the, the Savannah ports. We have a lot of infrastructure uh, that is favorable to companies, international companies doing business here. So yeah. th- that's what attracts attracts businesses, not whether the governor signs a, uh, a bill saying, you know, we support Israel, whatever whatever i mean it's not the not the role of individual states to be to, to be doing that and the fact that the fact that we know we're gonna get sued this is just like we talked about a bill last week that we yeah. know we're going to get sued why the hell are we spending the money on that yeah it takes it costs money and you know what's interesting is like they passed a bill last week as well to um well i don't i don't know if it's gone well actually it has gone to governor kemp's desk because it passed the Senate, then it passed the House, and they made a motion to immediately transmit it um, to move forward. But basically, what it does is it requires the Attorney General to respond and be present and party to um, lawsuits when a, a a Georgia law is deemed unconstitutional, depending on where the injunction is coming from, like a citizen, another agency, whatever. And I just think it's funny that, like, the same week that we passed yet and like we do this so often knowing and don't get me wrong i think the federal government overreaches and and you know like i think there's a time and a place to intercede and and make a statement but we do it a lot yeah especially when you <laughs> and have, we don't always win when you have other cases that are exactly uh, almost rubber, rubber stamp same let let Texas go ahead and hammer this one out. Let's just hang back and let's see what happens with them. And and the other thing too is like with Texas, you can file a friend of the court brief and and support them and 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 then that you know like you don't have to be the one forking out because it costs money. Right. We don't have to, we don't have to take all comers. Pick your battles. If you know with the heartbeat bill, Alabama. Uh, uh, put their own version in. You know what? Let Alabama uh, uh, pay to to hammer that out in court, and then then we can come back in with it. Same thing with Texas and the, and the Israel bill. Let, let let Texas handle that one. Let's let's see where the court comes back on the Tenth Amendment on that. Let let them let them uh, spend their tax taxpayers' funds on it, and then if if uh, if the court clears it, then we can talk about it. So we have uh, the Georgia Senate to uh, consider renewal of rural tax credit despite slow returns on investment. Yeah, I know we're running low on time, but um, this just is like the it's just asinine. So they're pushing forward um, another round of funding for the rural tax credit, even though. <sighs> The studies on the effectiveness and and the return show that it will be seven decades before our state will see a return on it. And that's seven decades of 
it being maxed out and all the things coming true, like, and that's like pretending that the rest of the economy isn't, you know, imploding because of inflation and possibly Ukraine. And, um, but like 33 businesses so far since it took effect in 20, well, it took effect in 2017. So the first tax year would be 18. So 33 businesses, 38 investments, um, for $101 million have, that's what, like, there's no return. We're just forking out money. Um, and in 70 years, we might see a, a refund and, and or a return on it. And, and the House approved it, I think, last Tuesday in a vote of 153 to 11. So 11 people were like, you know, I think possibly that 70 years is just too long. Yep. And they'll be hammered. Oh, yeah, it was the usual. Well, not the usual because 11 is a lot, but it was uh, Tim Barr, Charlize Bird, um, David Clark, um, Hutchinson. I think oh, Shelly Hutchinson. She's a Democrat. So it's interesting that um, she's not in, she's, she's not in for for, uh, for throwing money away. Yeah. Um, Sherry Gilligan, Emery Donahue, Philip Singleton, McLeod, um there's two Mitchells, so let me look at which Mitchell. And then, um, what's his name? Wilson. Uh, gosh, I can't remember his name to save my life right now. Um, Rebecca Mitchell. She's also a Democrat. Matthew Wilson. And then um, Marvin Lim. So I guess it was five Democrats, six, I don't know math, but I think it was six Republicans. So that's it. That's it. Out of 180 to stand up and say, uh, we, "There's, there's no return on investment. Let's, let's, you know, move on from this plan and look at something else." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they want to get reelected. Seventy years, like seven. I would be like, eh. "Okay, I'm against it because I'm against this kind of stuff." But like seven, I whatever. Seventy, you won't even be here. Right. Well, um, anyway. that's that's the other thing is is. They're not. They're not worried about about the rampant inflation. They're not worried about about that because they won't be here. But you know, they get to go back because most of these folks come from most of these districts include rural areas. Yeah, but um, it really makes me mad that you want to like pay people to come here when I moved here for free. Where's my money? You saved money moving uh, uh, moving down there to get out get out of Alpharetta. Oh, you want to go into that? That's a whole other <laughs> show. We'll talk about that. You have a closing thought? Your complaint? <laughs> yeah, I'll be brief. Yeah, I'm a little miffed with Kemp. Like, so last weekend, um, I put this article out because a sheriff from Butts County, Gary Long, put out this awesome Facebook post. Um, I mean, the subject matter wasn't awesome, but I was really impressed with him for um, blistering the Department of Corrections because this convicted killer, he killed a, a sheriff's deputy in 1999 um was on has been on facebook has been harassing the family of the man who was killed on facebook he's been in this guy's been in prison since like oh two oh three or something but um different facilities he was recently like he's serving life without parole he'll never get out they just moved him to a lower level facility and he's on social media all the time and they contacted him and the warden was like yeah we'll take his phone we'll do a shakedown and just let me know if you see anything else and so the sheriff was basically like 
blistering saying like this never should have happened he should be in a high security facility because he fled before he went to canada he had to be extradited all this stuff um but that he's also harassing the family and and you're not supposed to have phones in prison and the warden's like yeah let me know if you see anything else like terrible and so the sheriff puts out this post and you know call tells everybody call kemp and um the department of corrections well obviously it's an election year and kemp doesn't want to look bad so he takes action they like he contacts timothy ward commissioner of gdc all this they take action like further move the guy i think to a more secure facility and also um shake down his room again (laughs) well like they should shake it down every other day if he's got a problem with phones and stuff like that's coming in somehow but um hello kemp We've got murders for hire coming out of our area down here, and we can't get any response from anybody. But a sheriff talks about Facebook on Facebook, and you do something on the weekend? It's not cool. Optics, optics, optics. Yeah. Uh, my only closing thought is, uh, I told you, I am uh, a tenth of a mile outside of a new proposed city that will most likely get approved to the city of Lost Mountain. Uh, I don't. I don't have a dog in that fight. I, I'm it, just inside Paulding County, which you know I, I prefer being Paulding to Cobb. But it's funny because uh, the, the all the posts about this new city is it'll be tax neutral. You won't have any increased taxes. The services will be great, and it's not. Bullshit. It's not going to cost you anything. Yeah. Uh huh. Huh. A tenth of a mile. You better. You better know it. You're going to be fighting against annexation at some point. It'd have to jump counties. They do it down here. It's also the city that they're proposing is like 70,000 people. It's huge. People are, and they're going to put it on a ballot and people are going to be like, yeah, tax me harder. (laughs) Tax me harder, daddy. I hate people. (laughs) So on that cheery note, uh, I want to thank you very much for listening. Big thanks to Eric Cumby, our editor, to Jessica Salaji, my, my partner. And I am Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon